Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders, how is everybody doing? Hope you guys are doing well, staying warm if you're up in the north here. I mean, we're in Detroit, and it's, uh, we got some snow. I've been snow blowing the last couple days, but uh, yeah, hope you guys are all doing well. Yeah, we got another episode for you. Yes, we do. Man, we are cranking them out now, man. We are getting in the groove. So what does that mean? So on today's episode, we are going to be talking uh, to Rostin Meyer, and he is a pop-up book artist or a paper engineer from uh, what we talked about. Uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, Jim Mahfoud, uh, his uh, pop-up funk book, which you can tell I don't really know a lot about this. So in this episode, I'm definitely a little bit out of my water, but it was a great conversation because I got to learn a ton about this art form that I kind of didn't even know existed, frankly. Uh, but that conversation is coming up a little bit. And we're gonna, so we're going to talk about publishing. We're going to be talking about artwork. And we're going to be talking about what it takes to sort of get a campaign like that funded over on Kickstarter. So like I said, that conversation is coming up in just a bit. So please stay tuned. Um, but what else is going on? So like I mentioned, it's, uh, you know, it's cold and snowy here in Detroit, right? Got a couple inches of snow, had to go out with a snowblower. Now, I, I'll tell you, I'm not, I'm not really enjoying my snowblower lately because it, it seems to be shutting off all the time. I wonder if I put some bad gas in it. That's a possibility. As you, if you know, if you listen to the last episode, you think, heard about what happened to my car scenario. You can tell that me and putting gas into things is not working out real well. But I don't know. So it keeps shutting off or I don't know. Maybe that's a spark plug. If you guys are experts out there, shoot me a message and, uh, and let me know because uh, I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, but I do know that having a snowblower is better than not having a snowblower. So even though I got to start it four or five times to do a couple sidewalks in the driveway, it's frustrating. But it's not as frustrating as not having the snowblower. So that's what's going on around here. Uh, what else is going on? What's going? Well, last night we had our dad's beer night. Um, you know, we've been hosting this dad's beer night for almost I don't, you know four or five years now, and uh, had a good turnout. So I had a couple beverages last night, a couple brews, and um, which was exciting to get out for a little bit, hang out with some of the boys in the neighborhood, and uh, you know, shoot the, shoot the shit. You know, talk talk about stuff, talk about what's going on, and um, yeah. So we had that last night. So I was out a little late. So I came into work a little bit late today. Yeah, I had to do that because well, I was tired. And, uh, but yeah, so, you know, a lot of stuff going on around here. We're just kind of keeping it real, doing stuff and, uh, you know, trying to, trying to get those campaigns funded for people and trying to do good work. So, uh, that's what's going on in the agency life. But, uh, I don't know. Well, guys, if you guys are a fan of the show, first off, thank you. Second of all, make sure you're a subscriber. Um, if you haven't subscribed, do it now, go over to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you're getting this, wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button. Uh, and then if you are a super, super big fan, which most of you obviously are, please go out and uh, leave us a review. That would be really, really helpful too. So uh, please go ahead and do those for us. Those would be two big, huge things for us. And, um, but yeah, so that's what's going on. But uh, all right, well, why don't we go ahead and kick in my conversation with Rostin Meyer and let's talk about paper engineering. All right, here's our interview. All right, Jim, the uh, red light has been uh, has been hit, and uh, we're jumping right into it. I'm actually Rostin. I, I, oh, Jim, is the, 
Jimmy's yeah. got, that's right, 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 my bad. Well, well, we'll start that over. So we're, we're starting in here. So, so Rostin, uh, we, we are actually kicking off our interview here. So why don't you first tell my listeners uh, what you're currently raising uh, money for over on Kickstarter? Sure thing. So the current Kickstarter campaign I have is for Jim Ma Foods Pop-Up Funk. And Jim is a pretty well-known uh, indie comic artist, and it's basically a pop-up book of his art aimed for adults. It's not really a kid's pop-up book. Right, right. Yeah, it seems like it's a very a, adult theme here from what I'm looking at. Yeah. Awesome. So, like, what is this relationship? So, for the people out there that don't know who um, who Jim is, who is he? I, I, like, I personally, I don't know much uh, in this space. So that's why I was kind of intrigued to talk because I, I feel like what I'm seeing looks awesome on Kickstarter. But, but who is he? What is his background? And then how are you guys connected? Sure. So he is a um, he's a comic book artist and illustrator. Um, I've been a fan. I was actually a fan of his probably around the time I was like, uh, you know, in high school, early college is when I first saw his work, probably around 98 or so, something like that. Um, and I actually, I'm also I'm a web designer and I actually initially reached out to him to help him with his website. And that's how we struck up friendship. And I always had this idea to make pop-up books. Um, and then asked him, this is about seven years ago now to make a pop-up book with his work. And that was actually the, the original edition of pop-up funk. So the, the, the book that's on Kickstarter is kind of like, kind of like a remix uh, of the original version that we did back in 2013 or so. That's interesting. What, what goes into making a book pop-up? I mean, obviously it's like, is it just take, taking what's on the image and trying to make them 3D? Like what, what starts that process? Yeah, so it's a little bit of both. So, you know, a lot of the, so a lot of the pages in the book, um, let's see, six pages in the book, so about four of them are based off of existing illustrations. So I'll basically take the illustration, kind of like figure out, it's called paper engineering, the, um, you know, the mechanics of designing pop-up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, taking an existing piece of artwork, you kind of figure out like what you would want to pop out, what needs to come out in different dimensions. That, uh, that's one way to do it. And that's kind of like out of the majority of the pop-up stuff that I've done over the last seven or so years, most of it is taking existing work like that and recreating, reconstructing it into a pop-up. Some of the spreads um, are basically created from scratch. So that's a whole nother ball game. That's like, you know, you figure out what the concept is before there's any art. There's kind of a lot more revisions. Um, so there's, there's two ways to do it, but you know, once a page is figured out, it's um, it's a lot of prototypes that are made over and over again. You have to make sure everything is, is of course, going to work. And then when it goes into mass production, you have to make sure that it, it's all going to work. And they basically, they, the people in the factory can't screw something up. Uh, so, so that's where the engineering comes in. That's probably the least fun part. Like once you figured out how, how to do it, kind of fine tuning it and everything like that. Jeez. But, yeah, I mean, this just this just seems like such an elaborate sort of process to get to a final product. I'm I'm just imagining the revisions that have to happen in sort of the uh, those early, I guess, are they drafts or those early things that you're trying to like? like yeah, like the early prototypes. Absolutely. Early prototypes have to just be just crazy. Like, how, like to get to a project like this, I mean, ballpark. How many steps can it be? You know, or is it each one's a little bit different? Or yeah, each page is a little bit different. Um, you know, in the case of the Kickstarter project that's live now, since like I said, it was it was a remix. We actually took a couple pages exactly as is from years ago. It really didn't change them. That's two of the pages. Two of the pages we I completely re-engineered, and that's the image that you see 
in the middle of the project image right there. That's uh, called Merlene. It's the girl kind of in the grass with her hair standing up. So that page was actually in the original book years ago. But, you know, back then I didn't really know what I was doing when it came to paper engineering. Um, so I really like, that's probably the page that had, that I put the most time into over the last year or so. And, and this new version is really amazing. It stands up to like 20 inches tall. I can show you real quickly. I know some people are looking at this on video. So here's the book. And when we open it up, it really... Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, very, yeah, very, very, very cool. How did you get into, I guess you call it paper engineering? Like, you know, how, how does one get into, I guess, this art form? So, you know, I, I was a fan of Jim and some other artists for a long time. And I always liked, oh, I'm sorry, is that me? That's me. That's the dings. The, the dings, they pop up. You, you think you get them and they just, they still bite you. They still got me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I actually, you know, I had a couple pop-up books. I'm sure I had some as a kid, but around the time that I, that I found Jim's work, like 98 or so, I, I got some really high-end pop-up books by these engineers named Robert Sabuda and Matthew Reinhardt. Really, really complex stuff, even way more complex than what I'm doing now. And that's when I really had the initial idea to do this. I was like, well, someone, I want to make a pop-up book with these cool artists, these comic book street artists that I'm a fan of. I kind of talked about doing that for like 15 years and nobody had done it. So that's when we made this first version of the book. And I, you know, since have a, a pretty nice little small press called Opposition Press. And I've made this remix of Papa Funk is my seventh published book that I've done. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to do it. And I kind of just like, you know, after talking about it for so long, just went for it and thankfully it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, you know, how do you sort of, well, I mean, like in this scenario, you established by, you know, sounds like web designing, but how do you start to approach our authors, comic book people, or whoever it is that you want to turn into this? What What is those conversations like in terms of, you know, are they typically like, no, yes. Do Do they feel like it's going to enhance the project? How, how does those conversations go? I mean, so, so, you know, this is the first one. And like I said, I, you know, I had a relationship with Jim. We were friendly, uh, you know, did his website and stuff. And I had mentioned that over the first couple of years I knew him, I think he was kind of like, yeah, whatever, buddy, like, it's not going to happen. But I just kept pushing him. And then at some point he's like, okay, let's try it. And we made, it was actually the first version of the first spread in the book, which is this one called Funky Beat Sir. It's a relatively simple page engineering wise. It's got, um, you know, two Star Wars characters, the two guys from Daft Punk and Tron in there. It's a fun, fun piece. And then after, you know, this one was done, I think he realized like, oh, this is a cool thing. And then we really went for it. And we figured out that that original version was, was 10 spreads, which is an awful lot for a pop-up. Um, so he, you know, honestly, if it wasn't for Jim saying yes to me seven or so years ago, I wouldn't have gone to the next person and I wouldn't still be doing this now. Right, right. Yeah. Now, in the, in the sort of the community around this, do people look at this as more of a collector's item or something that like enhances the story or enhances the reading through it? Like how do people sort of embrace it? Yeah. So it's not really, uh, you know, out of all the books I've done, there's only one that's really kind of got a, a story aspect to it. Most of it, it's kind of just like, it's like a nice coffee table art book. It's like RP. Um, so yeah, it really depends on, on the artist. Like with Jim's, it's just a really fun, you know, 
exploration of his work in a different format. So, you know, I'm look, we're looking for his existing audience. There is a group of pop-up collectors and paper engineering kind of fans out there. Um, so that's kind of like my audience. And I definitely try to work with people that have a decent sized audience, you know, social media, like just kind of a following so that we can sell these books because if unknown person it's a lot much of a, a harder kind of sell sure 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 so yeah you know i think back to you know probably a lot of my questions come from like the layman the, the people don't know i mean when when you're when you're kind of i guess envisioning it are there certain like pages you're looking for where you can start to imagine like boy if this if this popped up or this did this um it, it would work or if there's some things you look at and you're like yeah there's just no way there's too many details what are you i mean what are you looking for as like a baseline of like all right yes i think this can be achievable and now let me start what is it yeah so so usually it's like you know if it's an existing piece of art let's say and there's like a main character you don't want that to be the focus of it um and then you would want to i look at it and i think well you know if this character is coming off of the background what other elements in the piece do we want in there? Sometimes those exist from the original piece I'm working from. Sometimes we need to create that. And then a lot of times in the process of actually engineering it and kind of like finalizing the design between me and the artist, then I need to go and like, like I said earlier, like finalize the engineering. So there's always like little edits and changes that need to be made through that whole process. So there definitely is like, you know, an aspect of, this is what I want it to look like. Um, and maybe like 75% of the time it ends up like that, but sometimes it ends up completely different from the original kind of concept. Right. right. Usually better. I would like yeah, to say. Right. Yeah. It seems like it's something that would just can, you know, getting better and better as you maybe figure out what you can do manufacturing or, you know, or just like, Oh, I didn't know we could do this. How much are you working with like that final menu? I guess the, is it a printing press or is it, it yeah, so it is a printer. So like are are they coming back to you in, with a lot of suggestions and it sounds like too, or they're like, um, you know, if you would have done it this way, this might get, you know, three inches higher or something like that. Is there anything Not, like that? You no, know, that's an, an interesting question. Not so much like they don't really try to change the engineering, but so what they do is like once a pop-up is finished, I have all the files. I'll usually send the printer physical mock-ups of all the pages. And then the first step is they put together a mock-up of the book in all white. And the reason they do that is just to make sure that everything's going to work engineering-wise and they can, you know, replicate it. Then they do another ver another prototype mock-up in color that they hand-cut and they hand, you know, it's all they're all hand-assembled even when they're mass-produced. Um, so it's kind of like standard printing where, you know, you get a proof, but there's like three or four additional steps there. Um, so a lot of times in that process, they'll say, you know, something's not working the same way it did in the mock-up. So we need to either add, you know, a support structure or a lot of times it's just a matter of duplicating a layer. So there's kind of like two, two ply, two pieces of paper that make something stronger that can hold something else up. So in my experience so far, the, the printer hasn't really told me like we can't do anything. I've been very surprised that everything that I've sent them they've been able to pull off um, and some of them are really complicated. I came out with, it just came, it was my book from last year that just got delivered to me uh, Christmas Eve. It was actually a book about cannabis and that was a really complicated book. I personally didn't do any engineering. I kind of 
manage the whole project. So a different engineer did each spread. Some of those spreads are very complicated. Like there's a, for example, there's a clear acrylic bomb that one of the engineers made. And even for me to assemble that mock-up here at home in order to send it to the printer like that, it was just, it's so complicated, but they, they pulled it off. I mean, the, it's only, a, I'd say there's about 10 factories or so in the world um, actively making pop-ups um, well. And, you know, they're all, they're all pretty experienced and they have a team of really good kind of like hand assembly people. Right. And uh, I mean, what is the sort of the, the, maybe the product size in general for this? I mean, I've got young kids. I, every pop-up thing I can think of is some kid toy thing with an elephant popping up or something, you know, like that, that sort of degree of it. So getting to this scale, I mean, is that mostly what the, what a lot of these people are still working on is a lot of in the kids world or is there a big market in or a good niche of what you're talking about right here with this sort of pop-up art like this there's not so you know i'm i'm one of the few i'm probably one of three or four people in the whole world that are um you know producing self-publishing pop-up books there's a lot of people in the kind of the artist book world where they'll make a book and they'll maybe make an edition of like five or ten but they don't make hundreds or thousands of them. Um, so yeah, most of it is still, you know, kids' books for sure. Yeah, out, out of the big publisher, publishers that are still making pop-up books, it's probably like 90% kids' pop-up books. There are adult books. I don't know if you've seen, there's um, yeah, there's one of, one of my paper engineer friends, Matthew Reinhardt, he's kind of like one of the most famous, well-known paper engineers. He's done all the licensed stuff. So he did, he has a Star Wars book that just came out recently he's done you know game of thrones he's done all sort of like all that disney stuff um so some of those are you know game of thrones is not really a kid's book for sure um but yeah the majority of it is still for kids and that said because there's books are built for kids they're a lot simpler than what i'm doing so, so what i'm doing is i'm kind of trying to do something like in the you know in the realm of like you know fine art small press things that happen to be pop-up books Kind of like a Taskin or a, a you know Prestel kind sure. of publisher. What what's your background in I guess art, <laughs> you know, or what, what is really it? like a fan and a collector? Uh, you know, like like I said, I do some web design and so I do some graphic design, but I'm definitely not an artist. Like I can barely draw a stick figure myself. So um, so doing these projects with these artists that I, you know, professional artists that have been working for a long time that I look up to, it's cool because it's like I'm taking existing artwork and I'm making kind of like new artwork with art that I already love. And it's, uh, it's, it's really fun. But yeah, I don't really have like, other than being a collector and like, just like a fanboy of these people, I don't really have much artistic talent. Myself. Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. Well, so, I mean, would you call it, do you have like is it engineering is there some engineering i mean it seems like you've got or 3d yeah it's, it's like, paper engineering but you know there's also an aspect of like you know like looking at you know like pop-ups what what could work i mean I'll, I'll sometimes look through like hundreds of images of somebody before i figure out these are like the five or so that i think will work and then we'll we'll go from so there's definitely like a designer you know definitely design and engineering um, and then publishing, you know, there's the aspect of the actual like minutia of, of publishing everything, manufacturing, I'm, I'm kind of doing everything myself. I do pretty much all the distribution and shipping and 
I do almost almost all my sales online myself, which is mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, sure. W- what does the distribution look like in a product like this? Is it something that you try to get to, like you know, the big box retail type of stuff? Is it? I mean, you mentioned just mostly online, but is it that sort of like s- small runs of, of these? Uh, what what is even a big run? I guess because if it's they're yeah, hand, so they're you know, handmade, what right? I'm doing, right. What I'm doing is definitely considered small run. Almost most of my books are a thousand copies. And what I do is I'll do like a thousand regular editions and usually about a hundred, sometimes 200 special editions. And that's the, the neon jive with this, you know, this slip case. So that's kind of like a more high end limited edition that has a special cover and is usually signed by the artist or something like that. Um, I did do 3000 copies. I did a, a Necronomicon book with an artist named Skinner. Uh, a couple years ago and that we did so well with the pre-orders for that one that we actually printed 3,000 copies so that's the most that I've done but when it comes to you know other pop-up books by the big publishers it's you know from what I understand and I've heard it's usually around like five or ten thousand is usually an initial run but for books like like that new Star Wars book I don't know how many they made but I assume they printed a hundred thousand or something and those go in different languages so what I'm doing is definitely, you know, like small peanuts compared to the bigger pop-up books out there. Um, but it's, you know, it's a decent amount that can be generated profit-wise because if I am selling all these, they're not, they're not cheap books. They're usually $50, $60 each. So it's, it's not like a kid's pop-up book where it's like $20 or something. Like that. Um, yeah, so, so for distribution, you know, like I said, I saw most of it online myself. I don't really, I haven't even tried to go to the big box stores because they want a much bigger order than I could even fulfill. But it's a lot of galleries and small bookstores and kind of like specialty shops uh, that contact me. And almost everybody that contacts me to carry something, I'll say, yeah, like, you know, sell them a, a couple boxes wholesale or something right, like that. Right, right. Are there and other conferences for this sort of world too? Do you go to any conferences throughout the years? Yeah, so I go to a conference every year called Designer Con. Um, so one of the reasons I got into this, and I know some of these artists, I'm a big fan of uh, designer toys. You can kind of see them up there, Michelle. Um, so Designer Con is kind of like initially started as the conference for designer toy collectors, but it's expanded to different artists, companies like me, basically people making things with different kinds of artists. So I, I did that one. Uh, there's a couple common conventions here in Denver that I do. And then there's actually a nonprofit group called the Movable Books Society that I'm a member of. So that's, it was started by um, somebody about 25 years ago, 30 years ago, something like that, um, a collector. And it's now, you know, there's about four or 500 people there. They have a conference every two years. And I've been going to that for the last couple of years. And that's nice because that's kind of the only time that I can be around other paper engineers. Sure. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. You know, there'll be 20 of us sitting in a room and there's like 80% of the world's paper. <laughs> paper yeah. We're all in, all in one room. Oh, that's great. That's great. So, um, yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about the actual like Kickstarter that we're, that we're talking about right now. So while, while you and I are talking right now, you have about 20 some odd days to go when this airs, you'll be, I don't know, 18, 17, somewhere around there. Um, uh, you had an 18,000 on the goal, but right now you're at 25,000. So you, you obviously you crushed that goal. Um, what was some of the strategies or the conversations that you were kind of having in your mind here about, you know, what you thought you were going to have to do in terms of a public goal, um, kind of the audience that you built and, and what you thought you could do with this campaign? 
Sure. So, you know, the reason that I, I actually did my second book, which is called The Pop-Up Art Book, on Kickstarter in 2015, since then, I've been kind of self-crowdfunding by doing pre-orders directly on my website. The main reason that I uh, wanted to do Kickstarter for this project is to see, so that initial campaign that I did in 2015, uh, 33% of the backers that we got for that project were from Kickstarter, research or discovery. Um, so even though I've been doing pretty well on my own, I really wanted to see if we could do that again, if we could get a kind of a, a decent chunk of our backers through Kickstarter, kind of outside of my and Jim's existing audiences. And we did that pretty quickly, which is amazing. Uh, we had, you know, there's been a lot of things that's changed on Kickstarter since that initial project. So like the pre-launch page that I, I think is a pretty new thing. That seemed to help us a lot. We had 275 people sign up before we launched. And we were, we were promoting that for about two or so weeks. And, you know, both Jim and I have been promoting the project for like probably about a year, you know, maybe in the last three to six months, we've been saying it's coming early 2020. Some people, people knew it was coming. So that definitely helped. And um, yeah, we, we hit our goal within like a little over 24 hours, which is great. We're, yeah. Super excited about that. Yeah. That's great. What, um, you know, when, when you're, you know, working on a project, I mean, you may be very specific on this because you kind of knew who your audience was just by it being a published book. Like, you know, it existed, right? So you had some idea of who you were going after. How are you sort of kind of thinking about though, that like, you know, age range, will they be on Kickstarter? Um, is your pricing correct for, for what you're trying to do? How do you sort of kind of put that all, that whole piece together? Yeah. So, you know, as far as pricing goes, I actually kind of like have a somewhat of a formula for most of my books where the pop of funk that's on Kickstarter, it's a six page book. So that's why it's, we listed it as an MSRP of $60. That's what we're going to sell it at, you know, once we get the books. So that's kind of the, the, the general kind of formula I've been using. Um, so that's discounted. It's $50 if you get it on, on Kickstarter. And since I've done this a couple of times, you know, I, we have the book done, this mock-up that I have that's in all the pictures and in the video on Kickstarter is from the printer. So this isn't one that like I made. So we already got all the pricing um, and we're planning on printing, you know, a thousand copies, possibly more. And so, so since I've done this, I know how much everything is, is going to cost. And we were able to really like figure out exactly, exactly what we're going to offer everybody. It definitely took us a couple months to finalize everything. Um, and then Jim, you know, we made a bunch of additional stuff. Like, for example, if you get the special edition of the book, there's two prints that come with it. There's a little sticker pack. Everybody that orders the book through the Kickstarter um, gets a pin. We made some t-shirts. So there's like all this additional stuff. And I, I don't always do that with the books that I publish, but for, for about half of them I do. And, you know, sometimes it, sometimes it helps. Sometimes people don't really care about the extra stuff. But in this case, it's cool because it all goes together. It's like, you know, it's all related. It's all Jim off artwork. So, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's very intriguing. Has there been anything that's sort of stood out in terms of this Kickstarter, in terms of like dashboard, like oh, interesting countries or anything that you were like, wow, I wasn't expecting, you know, Norway to be a a big. Uh, a lot not, of you know, not really. Just like like my initial like kind of hypothesis of like, let's see if we can get. Uh, get a lot of you know a chunk of people through kickstarter right now 
We're at about 55% people pledge through Kickstarter, 42% through our external referrers. Um, and those are, you know, you, my site, Jim's site, a couple couple blogs that have posted about it um, the last week or so. But it's, it's really great because, you know, it's, it's amazing to see that there's so many people that are jumping on the project that, in, in my mind, don't have any connection with what I'm doing or with what Jim is doing. They just see this cool book. They see that it's trending or something like that on Kickstarter, and then they're, they're backing it. Um, and there's also been, there's a couple other small press publishers that have been really successful on Kickstarter, and that's kind of another reason uh, that I've been thinking about doing this. One of them is Beehive Books, and oh, they. I just worked on the Dracula campaign. I just okay, cool. Yeah, you worked on the Dracula one, which was that's why I was also intrigued on this because I was like, man, there's a lot going on here in terms of expanding upon a project. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. I don't. I, I've never met those guys. I've uh, I've messaged with with Josh a little bit on Facebook before, but I've been seeing. I actually backed their first Illuminated editions, and a lot of the reason is you know I I know the artists that they work with. Um, I'm not such a fan of like the old stories. I'm really like a comic book kind of pop up a comic. Um, but I saw what they were doing, and I was like, "Wow, these guys are making kind of you know these high end art books with these really fancy slip cases and all these add ons." And that was a couple of years ago. That was like three years ago. The first Illuminate editions those guys did. But I, I've been noticing that everything that they're doing on Kickstarter just absolutely kills it. Yeah, yeah. They have, they've got a beautiful niche audience that's into what they're working on like it's everything looks great they deliver it's a safe you know it's a safe purchase you know what i mean in this kickstarter space right now because they deliver and everything they do is top notch so it it really isn't like at some point it's not like the dracula one wasn't that hard of a sell really you know it's like it, it's a great story uh the stuff we put together was awesome in terms of rewards and how it's laid out i thought you know and it's like and then they got an audience so at the end of the day it's it, it really is a, a a cool formula it seems like you're kind of going down that or that's the path you're sort of yeah and like, and like i said i've been you know i've been doing that my myself a little bit and i've just been seeing I, you know, I consider what Beehive's doing and what I'm doing. There's like, I mean, there's a lot of like small art book publishers where there's not many really doing these like really high end editions. There's, I don't know if you're familiar with the Folio Society out of England. So that's a company, they don't do Kickstarter crowdfunding, but they, um, those guys have kind of been doing what Beehive's doing and kind of what I'm doing minus the pop up aspect for years, like really high end editions of, you know, usually books that I, I'm assuming are in the public domain because they're, their older books um yeah so so looking at what those guys are doing some other publishing projects i'm just like well maybe kickstarter can you know boost us and kind of get the word out we didn't really have any issue or like you know thoughts that we couldn't do this on our own to be honest with you. We, we were pretty confident we could raise the money but doing it on kickstarter just kind of like spreads spreads it out a little bit more to sure more people. Sure, sure. What what do you do though? You know, with this next twenty days to go, just to make sure you're keeping energy up and keeping keeping the you know the orders coming in. You know, what do you guys keep doing to just keep generating buzz and stuff? Yeah, so we're you know we're I'm, I'm constantly trying to get press. Uh, you know, I have a, a love hate relationship with getting press because it's difficult. Some of the books that I've done in the past, like they've gotten a lot of press on their own without me doing anything. And then, you know, like that, uh, the last one I did last year was the cannabis book. I just think it's partially because of that industry, but it just it was like crickets for months and months and months. And so it's, it's definitely difficult. So definitely, you know, looking at getting press, we're going to add some stretch goals since we're pretty 
we're getting close to 30k which is which is fun we've had a couple of those in mind and um you know maybe we're gonna do a giveaway or something like that i'm thinking about doing a giveaway to existing backers but we'll post it on social media like hey we're gonna do this giveaway so if you want to jump in on it you know just back the project for a minimum of one dollar um and then you know we're posting it on social media jim and i pretty much every day uh we, we've done two email blasts i'll probably do another two um one thing i've noticed with my emails over the last couple of years which is interesting is interesting is every time i send out an email for a new project i'll get a bunch of unsubscribed and after that happened for like two or three emails, I would look these people up. I'd be like, well, why is this person unsubscribing? And I would see, it's like, oh, they bought the last book I did. They like that artist, but they don't really like this next artist. So that's one of the things that I'm trying not to, you know, like annoy my list because I really, not everybody, especially when it comes to artwork, like people are very specific about what they like. Um, and there are people that like, you know, like what I'm doing because of the pop-up aspect aspect of it, but most of it is they know the artist or they really like the art. So um, that said, I'm you know I'll send another two emails out. Um, other than that, I don't really know what else we can do. I'm kind of like you know I've got all the checklists. I've sent out like 200 emails, and I'm just so so pushing really to get press. I think is the main thing that will help get the project kind of a boost. Sure. Sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what does the, um, you know, walk me through campaign ends, all the money drops. Um, what starts to happen on your guys' end? Yeah. So, you know, interestingly, because of the fun coronavirus, um, all the factories are shut down for like another week. They would have been back now. Um, but we've already got pricing and everything. So as soon as the campaign ends, we'll put the order in for, for the book. There's also single pages we're making. I'll get another mock-up or two before they print it. So there's probably about a month or so of like a little bit more back and forth with the printer, finalize everything. Um, and then, you know, I've got a, I have probably about five or six different vendors that I need to do work with to get everything. Like the, the slip cases come from one vendor, um, you know, t-shirts from somebody, stickers, et cetera. So kind of, we've got everything in place. We've got samples, like I said, of everything. And the nice thing about this project is this book is like absolutely finished before we launch our Kickstarter. So I'm estimating that we're going to, you know, we have July as the delivery date. Um, we should get it around then or sooner. Like it's only going to take them about a month to, to assemble and then ship. Um, so the nice thing is like this thing should be in everybody's hands in, in a couple months rather than usually it takes like six months plus to finalize the, the production run of a pop-up book. Right. That's cool. That's cool. And then what is like the next year look like? Is, is it working on more projects? Is it focusing on this one? Is there other stuff that you feel like you could do with it after, you know, after the books get in people's hands? Uh, from yeah. So after we get it out, yeah, I'll, um, after we get the copies, you know, and fulfill all, all of our Kickstarter backers, I'll send it out to get some more press and then out to a couple, you know, outlets. And that absolutely helps tremendously to send them a physical book rather than just pictures or something like that. Um, yeah, but we'll still push it. It'll be, you know, Jim and I will sell it on our sites and he has a pretty big presence and does a lot of comic book conventions. So every convention that he goes to, I'll ship a couple boxes over there. So that'll help get the word out a lot for sure. Um, you know, and also people seeing these books in person is 
is amazing. So, so yeah, I'll keep pushing this one. Um, I just finished up, I guess there's a couple more days people could order them. I, I started making uh, greeting cards last year. Um, I did a Halloween card with the same guy that I did the Necronomicon book with. And I just did three Valentine's Day cards with this artist named Kristen Luong. Um, they're a little sexy and because they're so sexy, China, basically nobody would print them. Uh, you know, China, there's pop-up factories in Laos, Vietnam, and Thailand. They've all done kind of like adult content type stuff, but they wouldn't touch it either. So I've actually personally been hand assembling all of the cards we made. We sold 250 of them or something. So it's, it's not too bad. I'm, I'm like a little bit over it. So I'm glad, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. Um, so that said, so I'm going to make a couple more cards because I've, I've noticed that that's kind of like a good product for me to have as the, you know, available rather than just a book that might be on someone's coffee table, most likely on the shelf, the card's going to get seen a little bit more. I've got a couple cards in the works and I've got two or three books that I'm starting kind of at the same time. So yeah, I'm working and, you know, with pop-up funk, this is the first time, like I said, like the book's done before we put it up for pre-order. I finally got, you know, years, five, six years later, a nice pipeline of projects coming down the on the product, which is good so when the next one will be finished and come out i'm not sure but um but we'll see and the other project i'm working on is actually a pop-up book vinyl album for this band called mac sabbath okay. oh yeah yeah the uh big donald's uh black sabbath guys right yeah the, yeah so the, the, the mix that yeah yeah so those guys uh those guys contacted me and we're doing and it's interesting because it's since it's a vinyl album that's 12 by 24 inches it's really spread size so we're doing three spreads that's we're like almost we're two or three weeks away from that being finished that'll be out sometime in the summer um yeah it's gonna be really fun and then the artist that's doing this this guy named Chris Grimley he's got this really cool kind of like look to his work um logistically that's kind of interesting because we I think we're gonna get the records printed here but we'll get the pop-up and the the album case most likely printed in China we're gonna have to physically you know probably the guys in the band will have to do that they're they're in la um so that's coming up and yeah there's some other project there's another really big like i do sometimes you know like commercial client work and i can't really say who it is but there's a really cool thing hopefully that's coming up uh at the end of the year and yeah and i saw got, got a bunch of releases coming making more pop-up books as long as people people are buying them very cool very cool well how can people kind of dive in your world find you click around how can they uh sure so uh everything is up on poppositionpress.com uh and i also post almost daily to instagram that's also Popposition press uh people can find jim's artwork at jimmafu.com and then we actually have popupfunk.com redirecting to the kickstarter page so that's pretty much the easiest way for people to get to the kickstarter just go to popupfunk.com Cool. Well, I'll put those links uh, in the uh, show notes here, so people have uh, have the ability to to get stuff uh, right away. But man, I thought this was a cool project. I was glad we could talk because I'm always I was like having conversations when I'm out of my element a little bit, where I'm like, what 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 are we doing? What's going on here? I've never I've never yeah, seen a know. book on, a, on the Kickstarter land, you know. Thank you. Um, but man, I, I think it's great. Everything it looks amazing. This is a cool project, and uh, I encourage everybody to go out and check it out because uh, you'll be like me. You'll be like, man, this is 
some cool stuff here. But uh, Ross, I appreciate you taking time out of your day too, because I know Kickstarters are a very, very busy time. And uh, I think my listeners are going to totally dig this conversation. And, uh, and I hope that they reach out and uh, back your campaign. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Alrighty. You too. Bye. All right. How about that conversation with uh with Rostin? Yeah, it was uh it was definitely in, uh very interesting and intriguing for me uh, as I was kind of diving through what the world of um what the world of the pop up art books are. You know, I guess my uh my my expertise was only around kids pop up books, but uh learned a whole bunch here. So hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Remember, if you're a fan of the episodes, uh, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, tell your friends and family that was uh, help out big time. And if you are thinking about getting ready to launch a campaign make sure you go over to woodshed.agency backslash consultation and pick a 20-minute call with me. It's free, and uh, we can chat about your campaign and just make sure you're checking off all the uh, all the boxes that need to happen to help you, uh, you go and you launch. So, uh, all right, guys. Hope you guys are all doing well out there, and uh, I'll talk to you all uh, again on another episode.